Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsbury. What's going on right now? We are standing by to join a press conference hosted by Governor Gary Herbert and state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn. Uh, Folks are gathering up right now. In fact, just next to the lectern is the ASL interpreter who uh, is there to to cater to those folks who uh, need that. And in just a moment, again, we'll be hearing from, uh, I almost called him doctor, Governor Gary Herbert and Dr. Angela Dunn. This will be a a first in a new format they are likely to be presenting where the governor and the epidemiologist will gather together. As you've been following along uh, the past few days, we have at one o'clock been hearing from uh, the epidemiologist, Dr. Dunn, uh, on her own. And uh, yesterday we also heard at 11 o'clock from Governor Herbert. They've decided to combine those efforts. So this will be a first for this new format of press conference, but uh, the information will very much be the same, I am sure. The governor reiterating his, uh, his invitation for you and I to stay safe, stay home, and save lives. Uh, that call being supported by the evidence delivered by Dr. Angela Dunn, the epidemiologist. Uh, she'll talk uh, very likely about uh, percentages and how we are faring. Uh, and then there will be a question and answer period, and the reporters are very likely to ask questions like, hey, how are we doing on flattening the curve? And Dr. Dunn will uh, repeat herself and say, hey, listen, uh, a little bit early. Give us a week or two once we have a little bit uh, more robust sense of how things are going. And then uh, we'll be able to assert whether or not our efforts have been uh, thus far successful. Though right now the indications are good. Dr. Dunn over the past number of days has reiterated over and over uh, that the sacrifices that you and I are making uh, by staying in place, uh, by staying home, by exercising this social distance, uh, social distancing, that they are, uh, in fact, paying off. I am, if I'm honest, I, I believe the, or I had, my understanding was that this press conference would be starting just a, a few moments ago, but I'm seeing now that uh, maybe I do have a, a few minutes to talk to you before we uh, kick that off. I'm wondering if I have time to tell you the FDA story. Uh, How about a little bit of background first? Uh, I made mention the other day of a conversation I had between, uh, well, myself, of course, and the the U.S. attorney for the District of Utah, John Huber. Um, uh, Anyway, we, we talked a bit about fraud schemes and how sometimes when uh, we are afraid or there is a common fear, and I could, uh, I could comfortably say that the coronavirus and the spread of COVID-19 is a, a shared fear uh, amongst uh, this population here in the state of Utah. When that circumstance arises, uh, Mr. Huber, again, uh, U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah, has observed that there are those bad actors who would seek to exploit 
uh, our fears. And he uh, has a, a message he'd like to share to folks uh, who would be tempted to exploit and take advantage of people. You know, it's times like these, uh, a crisis, a pandemic, that brings out the best of us. In our, our great nation, we rise up to these challenges, and we come out of them a stronger nation. Unfortunately, there are the scoundrels and the fraudsters who are always looking for a new way to make money, to exploit the fears that we may have, the anxiety we may have. Now, specifically, Mr. Huber talked to me about the nature of the schemes. He had this to say. Well, one of them, which I think would be a tantalizing to our, our seniors, is selling fake cures for COVID-19. We know from the reliable experts that, unfortunately, we don't have a, a proven treatment right now to cure this and to fight off the virus. And yet uh, there are people on the Internet uh, otherwise advertising that they've got the cure-all. They've got the, the panacea that's going to uh, attack the pandemic. And that's one that we're actually seeing in Utah um, and uh, have active investigations of people trying to sell these fake cures to COVID-19. If you come in contact or are exposed to any of these types of frauds, uh, the U.S. attorney uh, has an invitation for you. It is obviously don't fall prey to these fraudsters. And when you can get yourself to a telephone, call 1-866-720-5721 to give tips. If you are approached, uh, if it is clear to you that there is an attempt uh, by a fraudster to take advantage of you in these uh, fearful times, there is an opportunity uh, for you to report that. 866-720-5721 is the number. If you didn't get a chance to write that down, uh, just later on, make your way over to the U.S. Attorney's site, and there's information there for you. Now, the reason I brought that up is because, well, if, if I'm honest, uh, as I have been practicing this social distancing, it has left me with a lot of time to like think and research and tumble down rabbit holes, as you may know I am prone to do. And I have wanted to like focus that tendency of mine. And I thought that maybe I could go online and find one of these uh, courses, one of these online courses. Now, uh, I didn't want to go full bore and enroll in a university and pay for the credit hours and all that. And so I uh, clicked and clacked around until ultimately I stumbled upon an offering by Harvard. And it is one of these uh, edX classes. Uh, edX is uh, essentially a program that started up some time ago between Harvard and MIT. A number of other universities and colleges have joined uh, the fold there. And what they do is essentially just offer the contents of some of their uh, classes. You, they make the curriculum available to you. There are some uh, videos and there are some quizzes and there's some reading. And they essentially teach you uh, the meat uh, of some of the classes. And I got curious. Because I feel so, so strongly, uh, just the way the U.S. Attorney does about this, that we cannot allow for the vulnerable and the fearful to be exploited. It, it turns my stomach to know that here in Utah and elsewhere, there are those who would seek to take advantage of uh, people who are afraid right now. And specifically, it infuriates me when people try uh, to market and sell and distribute uh, these fake cures. And we here in Utah, as you well know, are a trusting people. And uh, we, you know, if someone presents something to us, uh, we are going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes that tendency gets us in trouble. Luckily, though, uh, the FDA exists. 
And so I wanted to understand more so about how the FDA came to be and what it does and some of the events in history that led to its necessity. And if I'm honest, as I was sitting there late last night watching some of the uh, lectures in this class I'm taking from edX and Harvard, uh, I learned that something in the 60s took place uh, which shattered lives, uh, broke hearts, and we here, luckily, in the United States were protected uh, because of the work of one, one FDA worker, a, a woman who saw the potential for danger and said, no, 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 not here in the United States. What I'm talking about is a drug called thalidomide. I'll repeat that. It's called thalidomide. And it was produced by a German company, and it was marketed around much of Europe to pregnant women to treat uh, anxiety and trouble sleeping and tension and morning sickness. Unfortunately, uh, what came to pass was that women who took it uh, in the 20th, 21st, 22nd, through the 28th day of their pregnancy, uh, their poor little babies uh, became prone to birth defects and stillbirth. The estimates show that between 10,000 and 20,000 uh, babies were impacted uh, by the negative side effects of this drug. The, uh, the babies that were impacted, who didn't lose their lives, uh, were often born uh, with a, a, a circumstance that left them with uh, smaller than normal limbs. The long bones in the arms and legs uh, didn't mature uh, like a normal baby did, and so the hands and feet uh, protruded from uh, the torso of these babies very, very close. So imagine uh, an arm with no elbows or something. And there are still a number of these folks uh, living today who are the uh, unfortunate casualties of this drug, uh, thalidomide. This was in the late 50s, early 60s, and there was a woman here in the United States uh, a woman named Frances Kelsey. She was a pharmacologist, and she worked for the FDA. And she, when she first reviewed the application from this uh, company to market or to seek approval and uh, market this drug here in the United States, she said, you know, I, I, I don't feel so good about that. There's something about that that rubs me the wrong way. I don't think the information uh, presented to us by this company is up to snuff. I don't think that safety nor efficacy has been demonstrated. And therefore, she almost unilaterally uh, said no and protected uh, the would-be consumers of that product here in the United States. She ultimately would go on to receive a Distinguished Service Award by President John F. Kennedy for her observation of the potential danger of this drug. And her work uh, and the unfortunate circumstances which took place in, in Europe, all those uh, poor babies who lost their lives and were born with those deformities, uh, led to an amendment to the FDA. Uh, it was the Kefauver-Harris Amendment. And that was for the first time uh, when the FDA mandated that a, a group seeking approval by the FDA must demonstrate those two words I mentioned earlier, safety and effectiveness. The drug must work and it must be safe. The drug must work and it must be safe. It seems like common sense, but it took catastrophe to bring it about. And we are very lucky today that that amendment stands uh, and is one of the guiding principles of the FDA.
I am not often going to be a big uh, champion of big government, okay, and big uh, executive agencies. But I do agree with the goal and mission and spirit of the FDA. And there are those who say that they're just in bed with uh, big pharma and that their mission is just to make money and that the folks that work at the FDA are either uh, uh, former uh, or future employees of big pharma. Uh, but I do agree that there is goodness in that agency. Uh, I'll talk more about this later. Uh, right now, though, I'm going to turn things over to the press conference hosted by Governor Gary Herbert and Dr. Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist, as they uh, deliver remarks about the COVID virus here in the state of Utah from Utah's Capitol Hill.